This is Jeff Kinney, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is author and cartoonist Jeff Kinney. Jeff is best known as the best-selling author of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series and the Awesome Friendly Kid series. His latest book in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series is Diaper Overload. We talk about his career and how he created an empire during this episode. Jeff, welcome to Five Questions. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to answer your five questions. How did the success of your comic strip in college inspire you to pursue a career as a cartoonist? Oh, it gave me that taste of sort of localized fame. I went to the University of Maryland where we had a publication called The Diamondback. And the circulation, I believe at that time, the print circulation was 30,000. So every night I'd work on my comic. And then the next day I'd go to the dining hall and I'd see people reading it and maybe having a laugh over it. And that was really addictive to me. I felt like I knew what I wanted to do from then on. And it was probably a signal, hey, I'm probably good at this too. And people like it. So maybe I, I should keep doing this because I just feel like as an author and I've written like thousands of articles too, like once you start getting the positive feedback, the reviews, you're like, what I'm doing maybe matters or people are getting value from it. So maybe I should keep doing it. And moving on to book publishing. I mean, I, all three of my books were rejected by every publisher besides one. And I know for you, it did take many years to get the first Diary of a Wimpy Kid published. What were the biggest challenges for you? I think the biggest challenge for me was feeling like there was a market for it because I tried to become a syndicated cartoonist. It didn't work at all. I didn't get any positive feedback. I was rejected many, many times over. And so working on Diary of a Wimpy Kid for eight or nine years, the whole time I was thinking, this is also going to get rejected, but I'm going to do my best at this. I'm going to have no regrets about this. So I really, really worked at it. You know, something I found out recently in these lawsuits that have come up, 98% of books sell less than 2,000 copies, which is yeah. just shocking and discouraging, you know? So if I had known that, maybe I would have given up. Definitely. I remember that stat too. I'm like, oh man, it's like hopeless. Yeah. But I right. also feel, and you probably can relate to this too, like it kind of drove me, like all the rejection I'm like, I kind of wanted it more and mm. I kind of worked harder for it. I'm like, okay, like, I guess I have to build a bigger platform. I have to like, you know, do another draft or an outline or whatever I had to do for each individual one. So it kind of drove me to work harder because I felt like I had something to prove at the same time. Oh, you didn't want this. It's not just about you. It's about them. It could be about the editor. It could be about time when it's being released. There's so many variables that a lot of people who aren't in the industry don't know. Yeah. And I don't do it good job of selling myself. I think that you know what I would have done is I would have put out my best work, hoped that there was an audience for it. And then I don't think I would have pushed it. In these days, whether you're an author or an actor or a musician, you really need to work the social media. So you need to be good at two things. You need to be good at your craft and uh, selling yourself. And I don't think I ever would have been good at selling myself. Yeah, my first book was Me 2.0 about personal branding. So that's kind of right. my forte. <laughs> You've sold hundreds of millions of books at this point which is kind of remarkable if you really think about the amount of authors, as you were saying, who could even sell 2,000, like hundreds of millions is like a phenomenon level. So how did you turn this book series into a brand and now an empire? I do think about that a lot is that it is a brand. We have a staff of four people. There's a rhythm to it. There's an expectation. There's a constancy to this. And that's very unusual, actually, because most authors, even authors who have a big hit, the book goes through maybe three or four and 
in a series and then it kind of fizzles out or the author ends the series. And so that has been something I've been working really hard at to kind of create this guarantee. And I think part of what's working in my favor is the fact that I am a cartoonist, is that a cartoon is a promise. A cartoon character is a promise that it will always be there, that it won't change. Even though I didn't get to become a newspaper cartoonist, I've always had that in mind that I wanted to create something that lasted for quite a while. Now a word from our sponsor. Hey, if you manage a flexible workplace, I'm curious if these ring true. You have conference rooms that get double booked or sit empty all day. You're juggling a variety of inconsistent team schedules. Your team doesn't know where to sit when they come into the office. The world of flexible work is confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Maybe you just need the right modern software to help you streamline your workplace and team. Let me introduce you to Proximity. Proximity makes managing your flexible office simple with easy to use, intentionally designed software backed by the best customer support around. So if you're feeling frustrated, gain control of your workplace with intuitive, powerful, and affordable workplace management software. See it for yourself and get a free demo at www.proximity.space slash five questions. Speaking of lasting for a while, you have a new book out diaper overload. What can someone <laughs> learn regardless of age from the lessons in this book? I think my my books are mostly lesson free. I think that I'm just hoping that kids can read my books and they, they can see that reading can be joyful. You know, we as adults read for pleasure. We don't read for work, uh, you know, unless it's part of our job. But kids, they're the same way, right? Is that we as adults hand them these books that are pedantic or, you know, that didactic. I'm not sure which word is the right one here, but we, we hand them books that are the classics that that we try to get them to read to edify them. But kids are going to reach for books that entertain and amuse them or interest them. And that's what I'm trying to do with my books. I'm just trying to keep the quality high so that kids uh, reach for another later on. Yeah, and it must be hard pumping out that many books. I know I've, I've interviewed James Patterson. And he has a ton of co-authors. I think he has like a dozen writers at this point or so. Yeah. And so that's probably a challenge. And especially because the pressure of keep the brand going, keep the cartoon going. So I, I think that's very commendable that you've been able to to do this and keep this promise. And, and I think the mission, just like I remember, you know, years ago, like Harry Potter books that got a lot of people to read. And now your books are getting people to read and think that that's a really good thing in a world where people are distracted. Maybe they're just looking at the next TikTok or Instagram feed and, yeah. and reading is still valuable. I was always told if you want to be a good writer or communicator, being a good reader is very important. Yeah, it's essential. You can't really become a good author unless you're a good reader first. And what's your best piece of career advice? I would say to really listen to yourself. In college, I was a computer science major. I struggled through it, but I always liked criminal justice, you know, and what ended up happening is in my last year of college, I switched my major to criminal justice. And I remember thinking, what was it that was telling me all of this time that I needed to do this one thing, the thing that I really should do when I had this passion elsewhere? And of course, now I became a children's author, but I tell my kid now who's going to the same college that I went to, I said, listen, if you walk by that robotic lab and you say, boy, that would be interesting. I'm like, take Robotics 101. And I think really listening to yourself about what you're passionate about, what could make you happy is really important because a lot of people just chase papers and they do what they think they should be doing. But if they follow what they're actually interested in, it could lead to a more fulfilling life. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Jeff. To follow his journey, you can read his book, Diaper Overload, and find him on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, where he shares his appearances and latest projects. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan And please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. <laughs>